and welcome to Creativity in Chaos, a 1L2N podcast. I am Amy, and we are joined by some thrill-seeking onlookers today. Missy? Bring on the chaos. Mike? Where be the danger? Tommy? I'm looking on. And our thrilliest of guests, Liam? Yo. We are a family of creatives going through the story writing process, and we're bringing you along for the ride. Hello, everyone. I haven't sung for a while. There it is. How's everyone doing? (laughs) Amy's hellos have become just as classic as Liam's yo's. We could rename the podcast Hello and Yo. Yeah, there you go. That'll be just the, that should be the title of the podcast episode that just the two of them did. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's a That's good one, brilliant. actually. Yeah. That's real smart. Did you sing in that one? That. I don't remember. I don't know what oh, I did, did yesterday. So. Oh, what did you do yesterday? Oh. Amy watched me play video games for a while yesterday. I, I actually did. Oh, yeah. I know what I didn't do yesterday. That was work. And it was the first time in like three weeks I haven't worked. I didn't even nice. open my work laptop. I was very, oh, yeah. very proud of myself. That's, that's nice, nice, feeling. nice. I I had a lot go down this week. One of them was I got a haircut. And the before and after picture, I think I lost a decade in my face after looking at it. Your hair blends into your background, so I can't actually tell anything different. So it's Just short. It's like your, a ghost face. Your, you got to move your head around. You got to show. What is happening with the... Oh, okay. I'm the mayor of Whoville. Okay. That's what I am. Just shave a little off the sides. You can be Tommy Shelby instead of Tommy Gilgan. I know. I thought of that too when I first saw it as well. I was like, oh my gosh, I've been watching a little too much Peaky Blinders. Did you go to the barber and be like, this is what I want? Or were you like, I obviously have no idea what I want. You do it. A little bit of both. I was basically like, here's the idea that I'm going for. But if you think something would look better, I want you to do it. And that's exactly we like we were talking back and forth. And then she gave me she's like, she's like, all right, I'm thinking about this actor. So I looked him up and I was like, yeah, do that. That's pretty good. I think every time I go to get my hair cut, I just I'm like, you do it. I don't know. And, it, you know, <laughs> depends upon the quality of the, the person who cuts your hair. That's true. That's true. This was like this was a full blown experience that I've never had. No offense to great clip. Sorry. But like <laughs> this one was. <laughs> wow. Whoo, what a call so much better. Yeah. <laughs> well, great clips is a great like. Quick in and out. You just need to get it done neatly. Well, I heard Boom. from one of one of the coworkers I work with. She used to be a uh, like a professional hair cutter, like for six years. So she was saying that at Great Clips, you actually have to meet a certain time. If you don't get a regular haircut done in under fifteen minutes, it's actually like a penalty on you as mm-hmm. someone at Great Clips. So like, I kind of like I get They're it. The Knowing fast food that, of haircuts. Pretty much. Oh, yeah, they're the fast food haircuts. Absolutely. I used to go to Great Clips all the time and I would go to like the same location and I would never see the same two hairstylists in there ever. Uh, it was yeah, always yeah. a brand new bunch of people every single time I went. They wrote down what I liked with my hair and every single person cut it differently. Mm-hmm. So I, I was just, you know, whatever. And I started going to an actual barber in town now and it's amazing. So much better. Oh, it really is. I was just like, I, I had the whole works done on me. I was like, it was a it was a neck shave. It was a hair trim. It was a beard shave, beard trim. They massaged my scalp. And then they gave me hot towels on the beard and the face. And then they got three ingrown hairs out. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. It was an experience that I loved. I will say, though, pretty funny. All the ladies there were like, when I, I had an ingrown hair, 
they'd be like, oh my God, look at this. And then they'd be like, I, this isn't their name, but like, Brittany, come over here. And then Brittany would run over and like everyone else would run over and be like, oh my gosh, that's, oh, that's a bitch. Get him out. Get him out. Like it was a whole show. It was an entire show and it was really enjoyable. So I'm going to definitely go back there. So the next step is to take him to a day spa because it sounds like you would love that. I think I would. I think I would love a day spa. I'm not going to lie. But what prompted me getting a haircut is I was helping dad move some audio equipment and he asked the customer, he's like, how old do you think my son is? And then he responded with 38. And in my brain, I said, that's it. No more. I got to look good now. 38. <laughs> what are you, mind? 38. I was like, oh my God. You're going to look like yeah. this before you look like 38, Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> Before I beautiful of course yeah there we go there we go yeah my week was pretty good i also cut i i got in contact with another artist for my video game boss music album art so mm -hmm. that's pretty fun getting that done and then the last thing i started noticing this while doing events for my work that i'm slowly ha getting a southern accent i've started saying like morning morning to you and i'm like i noticed it while there whilst there and i was like uh-uh uh-uh, I need to move back. I need to go very far north. We need to get you out of there. <laughs> I can't I can't say morning. Not anymore. My company has a whole bunch of hotels up in New England. Just pick one and we'll put you up there. Okay. Fix that like, accent right away. Mm -hmm. I do like saying y'all. I think it's a way better way to say. Y'all is just a more grammatically yeah. effective term as opposed yeah. to a geographical. It sounds term. more sassy when you go all y'all. You know, when you're yelling at a group of people, it's better. <laughs> really okay, is. now we're back to this. Also, yeah. insulting people by saying, oh, bless your heart, is just so much fun. Because it sounds so oh. sweet, but it's like, oh, you idiot. Oh, bless your heart, darling. You're like, I'm going to punch you if you say that again. I just did a lot of laundry this week. That was really, and I watched people play video games. That was my exciting week. So, But there's a reason why you're doing that. All that. Laundry? Oh, tenfold more. Know all the because what do you have tomorrow? It's nothing. I have nothing tomorrow. Moving on. Uh, As I no, 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 back that up. <laughs> yeah, I got a new job tomorrow. Yeah, I'm nervous. Yeah. I don't want to talk about it. So it'll be let's okay. Move on. It's just a it's job. Just I, if you screw up, nobody's gonna yeah. die. Hopefully, it's fine. Yeah, but that's well. If you screw up and somebody though. does die, then you're gonna have a real interesting sequence of stories. Yeah, you will have a lot of content <laughs> for several episodes my back's doing slightly better not all the way there but i pretty much sat all day yesterday in defiance mm. of moving around a bunch and it actually helped so <laughs> yay <Yes>. interesting <laughs> nice. yeah who knew yeah. resting your body was what was the doctor no, ordered no it was pretty boring <laughs> though i mean all all i did all day yesterday we went and got coffee in the morning and then i sat in the chair and played video games and that was kind of fun, but when you do that nonstop, it's it's a little annoying, you know. Yeah, this is a charm. I've noticed, especially when I'm super busy, the moment I become not busy, my brain frantically searches for things to do. So I I, I feel like I was I was a little bit of that. It was your first day where you're like, I got nothing to do except rest. Yeah, your brain was like, <gasps> I'm so bored. <laughs> so I started off. Uh, I bought return to monkey island which is the sixth game in the monkey island series and it just came out and i started playing saturday morning kind of expecting it to be an all-day sort of thing have lots of puzzles and you know i was gonna solve them throughout the day and i played on hard mode and i found it to be really easy for a lot of it 
and it was that was slightly disappointing and then i finished it way before i thought i was going to so i I was actually kind of depressed you know when you play something you've been anticipating or something that you really enjoy or watch or read or anything like that you get that slight amount of post consumption depression or sadness that let down Mm -hmm. yeah that's i know uh, that very well from reading after binging like a good book yeah exactly (sighs) no more it's over now what yeah yeah but you know i I, I started playing the game so whatever (laughs) i did think it was cool that you were playing monkey island because i you know from my childhood that was one of the video games that i remember the most you playing because like all of them i just know that you would love them so much so it was always so fun watching you play them because i really didn't ever have any idea of what was going on but the wit in monkey island is really fun to just like listen to even if you're like i don't know what's happening yeah and a lot of times it's just that entertainment value you get from what the characters are actually saying as opposed to the story or the puzzles or anything like that curse of monkey island which is the third game was definitely a staple. I played that so many times as a child, teenager, I guess, both, whatever. And yeah, it's it's great writing, uh, crazy puzzles. There is a lot of awesome sound, and it was the first one that had a fully voiced cast, which was fantastic. I think it really took advantage of, you know, CDs for the computer. So I it's definitely a staple in in my life and I love the Monkey Island series. I think it's just super fun and witty. I was slightly disappointed with this one, but I still enjoyed it. If you're a fan of point and click adventures or the Monkey Island series, I would go play it. I was just excited because I got to watch you play it. So Yeah. <laughs> Although <laughs> that's enough playing yeah. Monkey Island for me. <laughs> I'm too dumb to play Monkey Island. I could not figure out any of that. I think I got like one thing and it was trivia and it was like, what kind of underwear does he wear? And I was like, it's boxers. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I knew it, but that's the only thing I knew. Yeah. Amy was like, it doesn't have like heart boxers. And I was like, oh yeah. yeah. yeah so does. yeah. <laughs> and I only it, know that leave it up watching. to you to know random facts yeah. about that. Uh, yeah. I was trying yeah. to replay all the conversations that Guybrush would have had about underwear or boxers or briefs or nothing or something. And, Amy's like, it's this. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. But the, other than that, I could not play this with games. the red hearts on it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Why? That was the only thing I remember. I don't know. Well, I'd recommend on you. going and playing all of them, especially the remastered versions or Curse of Monkey Island. It's a fantastic game. You don't really need a whole bunch of backstory in order to just jump right into it. Fun stuff. I will say, after that, you started playing the second tomb raider game the second tomb raider reboot so it's uh rise of the tomb raider yeah yes i gotta say that was very entertaining watching you mostly because of kind of how bad the game was or like the graphics were kind of terrible and they like her wading through the water even though yeah (laughs) she had nothing to move and there's a bunch of weird graphical type problems that were happening. And I think it was just my computer using a specific version of DirectX, which oh, was not right. really super compatible with the, the game. So that was fun. And then Amy and I would just do mystery science theater commentating on some of the cutscenes and stuff. <laughs> I like that. But anyways, going into today's subject... I'm actually really excited because so last week, if you guys listened in, we were talking about disaster movies and disaster movie tropes in general. And we found out going through all of this that there are quite a few categories of disaster movies and 
subgenres of disaster movies, but we decided after going through the tropes that we wanted to all watch a disaster movie we had never seen before. Now, all of ours were natural disaster movies, and we went through this list of tropes that we made that kind of highlighted... <laughs> what what our movies in particular had and i know i did and i think everyone else did we added quite a few tropes onto that as well so i don't know how we want to go through this but i want to start talking about these amazing movies that we all saw who watched the worst disaster movie i th- yeah i think i did because it went into so many different directions <laughs> well why don't you start us off amy watched oh sorry yeah I think I did because I watched Moonfall. Yeah. <laughs> Moonfall is about the moon getting closer to Earth and them trying to figure out how they can save the Earth and figure out why the moon is getting closer. And, you know, as the moon gets closer, big chunks are ripping off and crashing into the Earth. And they're trying to figure out what they can do to stay safe. Are we spoiling these movies, by the way? For uh, everyone here, this is put a spoiler yes. warning. Yeah, so I, I think we should spoil yes, them. We, we, we should definitely spoil them. Yeah, yeah. I think we all okay. just have to agree to be spoiled by them. Okay. I don't yeah. care. I'm fine. I don't I'm care. They're all bad movies. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably not true. They're not all bad, but most they're of them mostly are, are very bad. bad. Most bad. So with this movie, the reason why the reason why the moon is falling is because the moon is actually a giant infrastructure that was created by aliens. And the engine inside of it is being ruined by another alien. <laughs> and so the engine inside oh. of the moon is failing and it needs and it's going off orbit so it's coming closer to the Earth. So a bunch of humans have to go up to the moon and into this giant hole that this alien dug into the infrastructure because there is a, is it a gray dwarf, white dwarf? I don't know. It's like a small white ball of energy. White dwarf. And, well, white dwarf. And that's how all of these infrastructures are, are powered is by the, these little, you know, dwarfs. And the alien attached itself around it and was like sucking the energy out. Basically, they have to send these humans up there to set off a, like, EMP to kill the alien because they realize that the alien is like, sentient ai it's not actually like an alien and so they get sucked into the infrastructure and the infrastructure like goes into their minds and lets them know that humans are descendant from like other humans far off in the galaxy and they all had ai and then the ai turned against them and was like we're gonna destroy you and so the only infrastructure that mega infrastructure that survived was our moon and the moon implanted their dna on earth to help create humans like it's it's very weird and it's a mess yeah Yeah. it's a it's a mess but the thing is is like the the, everyone's running right you're running from this disaster well where are you going to run to because if it's crashing into the earth like inevitably the earth is going to get messed up so bad that it's not going to survive but everyone's like we got to get to the alps because we'll be fine in the alps and we <laughs> we got to get to the mountains because we'll be and it's like why but if the moon is crashing everywhere why is that your safety plan anyways there's just like a lot of illogical fallacies in it a lot of junk science <laughs> yeah a yeah. lot of junk science yeah <laughs> But it was weird because I wasn't expecting it to be 
aliens like they kind of hint that it's a mega structure but they're like we don't know and you don't know until they finally get up into the moon and they're like it's a giant mega structure and i was like what is happening what is happening what is going on so cool concept but very strange and one of the people die in it but it turns out that the moon downloaded their consciousness and is now he's now like a part of the moon and he was the guy that had the mega structure theory in the beginning he was the the nerdy scientist that people were ignoring in the beginning yeah it's pretty good you guys should watch it (laughs) does sound like a disaster movie It was absolutely a disaster. There are so many other things, like so many other tropes, specifically adding conspiracy theorists to like the whole not listening to a scientist or not listening to a conspiracy theorist who has like the answers, hacking of some kind, because there's a lot of hacking that went down. America is like the one to have to deal with all of this. Of course. Oh, staring at a disaster as it's happening and then realizing, oh no, we have to run away from this. Otherwise we're going to get hurt too. There's a few times that. And then someone taking advantage of or looting during like this crisis times, causing panic for no reason amongst all the people who were trying to survive. And I also just want to say one of the quotes from this movie is, uh, save the moon. Save the Earth. Oh my god! Is that the, like no. the tagline for the movie? No, it's just one a- of the movies. Oh. That's an actual quote from the movie. Oh, oh, oh boy! Oh, 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 oh. oh, it is bad. I love it. I think for for the most part, this movie had the the CGI was actually not that bad. I was actually pretty impressed as far as a disaster movie goes. CGI was great. There wasn't really an old person that sacrificed themselves. It was like the nerdy scientist conspiracy theorist sidekick. I think the age is poorly. It just like automatically aged poorly. I'll stop listing things because I feel like that's what Mike's about to tell me to stop listing things. No, I, I was going to say that it was directed by Roland Emmerich, who is a standard mm-hmm. of disaster movies. So mm-hmm. if you've seen any of his movies like Independence Day or the 98 Godzilla or Day After Tomorrow or Independence Day Resurrection, or blah, 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 blah. It's it's like, it's all the same. A bunch of different characters, a ridiculous plot. Stuff doesn't really make sense. Spends the first half hour or 45 minutes setting up the characters' interactions with each other, and every once in a while, it's oh, just yeah. like, oh, the moon's falling. Yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of the same recycled pattern, I would assume, without even seeing it, but I kind of know what it would be going into it. Donald Sutherland was in this movie for about five minutes, and that was it. He was just like this creepy, ominous guy who like was in the NASA archives that were kept secret. And I was like, I don't like they made you really try to care about these people. And I don't maybe he was in a different movie that suggested something. Maybe it was like. We have a ATV trail near our house and they have been acting like crazy today, going going like lunatics. Maybe they'll have their own disaster in the near future. <laughs> so Amy, on a scale of we gotta figure out a scale. <laughs> oh, yeah. A scale of kill me now to I never have to see another movie. I've reached the pinnacle. It's about fifty fifty. Like, I'd probably watch it again, to be honest. But, like, it wasn't what? good. <laughs> Why? What? Because I actually like disaster movies. I think they're really fun. I love disaster movies, but I never want to watch one after I've seen it. 
yes, I agree with that. I will say the concept in it was pretty interesting. It just felt really forced and rushed at the end. Okay, maybe I wouldn't watch it. Like I'd watch it in like <laughs> ten years just to see how it how it held up. In ten years, you would look go. Hey, I think I saw that once. Did I like that? I think I did, did but I like I'm not this? sure. I don't I'll know. watch it. it. It looks like it has a decent main cast. Yeah, the well, it does. You know, I think I want to change my answer. I probably won't watch this again. Yeah. <laughs> now that I'm thinking so about it's it. It's like a three. Because the acting was not great. It's just, uh, uh, if you are if you like disaster movies and you want to watch something with an interesting concept, absolutely check it out. The inside of the moon, very cool. I want to go to there because that's very cool. But as far as disaster movies go... I actually didn't feel as like, you know how with a disaster movie, you kind of feel threatened. You feel like, <laughs> oh, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? Mm-hmm. With this movie, I didn't really feel like that. There was one moment where I felt like that, but the rest of the moments, it was just kind of like, meh, okay, there's a disaster happening. And I feel like when I'm watching a disaster movie, I want to be sweating while watching it, you know? <laughs> you want heart palpitations and 911 on standby. while watching this. Exactly. Anyways, Moonfall. It Maybe should, watch it? It should be a roller coaster, a thrill ride, as opposed to a giant build up to a what are we doing? Yeah, we're in space now yeah. and you downloaded your consciousness into the moon? Yeah. Okay. Moonfall. It's currently number one on the list of our five. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, next. So I watched Geostorm. Yay! 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 Yay. Geostorm was written and directed by Dean Devlin, who also wrote Independence Day, along with Roland Emmerich, the director and writer of Moonfall. So I think you guys might see where this is going. (laughs) Yeah. So it starts Gerard Butler and Jim Sturges and Abby Cornish. And, you know, they all did fine, I guess. I I wrote down, I started to write down and I kind of gave up. At 22 (laughs) minutes. There's just a little bit of destruction. At 42 minutes, there's minor action. And then at 46 minutes, there's bigger action. 65 minutes, small destruction. 72 minutes, more action sequences. 76 minutes, action intensifies. And then 78 minutes, mini storms start showing up. 78 minutes into a film that is an hour and 59 or 52 minutes. Oh, yeah, geez. so it's, yeah, it's very, very slow buildup. 96 minutes in, almost, or just over an hour and a half, we get a tidal wave, okay? And then there's a bunch of stuff I wrote after that. I kind of stopped because the ending was like the ending to Black Widow. It was just explosions all over the place with no real context. It was... It was terrible. So the biggest problem that I found with this movie is that they did the standard disaster movie trope of building up the relationships and not showing what the movie's title is, which is a geostorm. In fact, they had a countdown timer that was going on and it literally was saying one hour, 30 minutes until geostorm, 10 minutes until geostorm, 10 seconds until geostorm. And guess what? They averted it at the last second. So, yeah, so you you didn't get like the satisfaction of the movie title. You see Geostorm and you see all this destruction. You're going, yes, I cannot wait. This is going to be a ridiculous over the top movie. And then instead, it's a plot to stop a Geostorm from happening. In order to do that, uh, the basic plot of Geostorm is that there are satellites that are completely surrounding Earth that help control the weather. And that's controlled by the International Space Station, which is now absolutely gigantic. And there's thousands of satellites around the Earth. 
or maybe it was like 1,270 satellites because I didn't get, think they pointed that out specifically. Anyway, the, the whole story involves a conspiracy of one person in government trying to basically kill everybody and become the next president. And so you don't know who this person is, or it's like a person at the highest level of government has corrupted these satellites with a virus, and you know they're murdering people, and they're trying to figure out. And of course, there's a brother that's built the entire satellite array up in space, and there's a brother down on Earth, and they're a little bit estranged because the brother down on Earth originally had to fire the brother in space because he was being a jackass. And yeah, it's a totally ridiculous plot. It's all about the human interactions. And then hmm. the, the worst part about it, instead of having the geostorm happening where it's like, there's all this destruction going on and we need to stop it. There's a self-destruct sequence going on on the International Space Station, which is for some reason taking like 30 minutes to blow up the entire thing because it's blowing it up in very small stages as opposed to a self-destruct sequence, which the reason they stated in the film they had a self-destruct sequence just in case it started to fall towards the Earth. But it had 30 minutes to blow up each individual, like, small piece to blow up the whole thing. It It's, like, it's terrible. It's just a terrible thing. So here's some of the tropes. The estranged relationship. Not only was it a brother and brother, but there's also a father and daughter estranged relationship. <gasps> Ooh. The daughter spoke like she was in her 20s and she was 13. So it was very awkward dialogue. Obviously, they did not consult a child at all for what they would say. I found another trope, and I don't know about you guys, a sassy side character who's also smart. Oh, okay. Mm. Yeah, they had mm. they had this like really intelligent hacker girl who was the millennial in quotations. And mm. so she was super smart and, you know, sassy. Whatever. The ridiculous countdowns I just listed. I mean, it was it was straight out of like a, James Bond movie countdown. There was a kid losing a dog in the middle of the storm where it ran away from his hands. And at the very end of the film, he finds the dog. Oh, so sad. Yeah. There's the trope of someone having to make a sacrifice, which is, you know, the older brother up in the space station, although they don't commit to it and they save him in the long run. There's, of course, government distrust. There's a double cross. Ed Harris is in the film, so I immediately knew he was going to be the person to do the double cross. Sounds right. Um, what yeah. are you talking about? Yeah. Cheesy CGI. Beefy. The, the one semi-interesting thing is they had a beefy hero and nerdy sidekick. So Abby Cornish played a Secret Service agent protecting the president, and she was in a relationship with the brother on Earth who was like a deputy secretary or something like that. So she was actually kind of the beefy action hero pulling off the moves, and he was the nerdy person. So it was a good gender reversal, oh, okay. which you don't usually see in a movie like this. It kind of sticks directly across the line. Overall, I would probably put this as number one on our top five here and probably Moonfall below it just from what Amy described. But I'm I mean, it's so close, most likely. <laughs> I would Well, okay. Here's here's from describing both of you. I would have loved to watch Amy's over yours because at least the movie's also a disaster. It it sounds like it's trying to be too much of a, not a character study, but just focusing on the characters. You're like, I came to see Destruction and it seems like there's a lot of it in Moonfall. Just a lot of random crap that you're like, what? And then you can laugh at, but... Yeah, here, yeah, here it was not the case. There was, there was a little bit of Destruction, but it was like... 10 or 20 seconds of a tornado system and then it cut back to like this space station blowing up and you're like stop <laughs> showing that i want to see disaster i don't care about space station i will say with moonfall there is actually a lot more like action sequence like you get to see more destruction 
you get to see like the tides being completely effective and weird you get to gravity. see like the yeah weird gravity they're trying to launch a rocket into space and they have to do it before this like tidal wave that's also being pulled in this gravitational force because that's how they <laughs> that's how they ro- launched this rocket is because they were so down ridiculous. one rocket and so they're like oh we'll use the gravity to pull us up so they only launched with two rockets but they it's anyways so they they did have a lot yeah. more action sequences i think moonfall sounds like a movie i would watch when i am like bedridden sick and i <laughs> yes absolutely I, you want to laugh i want my brain to hurt less because <laughs> it's being dumbed down oh my there was one thing i do have to i have to say about this movie and this made me laugh out loud at Guys, one at one second they reset the system and they avert the geostorm and everybody in nasa's like oh <sighs> And then a couple <laughs> a couple minutes after that, the main brother that was up on the space station gets saved by a spaceship, and they all cheer at NASA. They're like, "Yeah!" Woo! And they're hugging each other and clapping. And I was like, "You like millions of people were dying, yeah." And you're like, save "Oh, I'm so glad that's over." And person. then this one guy gets saved, and they're like, "This is the best day of my life." And it was just it was a really <laughs> weird, laughable moment. <laughs> Yeah, I love it. Yeah, because we could do with a few less people, but not one less people. Amy, in Moonfall, was there, there was not this in Geostorm, (laughs) but was there a shot of London specifically featuring the big Ferris wheel they have? I think so, but I can't remember because I wasn't too invested okay i feel like most <laughs> worldwide disaster movies was. have to fo- oh, have to yeah. show either the eiffel tower which this one does or it has to show the like giant yeah. ferris wheel in london i don't it remember showed london was. but i don't remember if the ferris wheel was in it or if it was big ben or if i it was actually like chicago <laughs> and i just got mistaken <laughs> but so one of the items that uh, that i put as a new thoughts about tropes was that a famous landmark or several famous landmarks are destroyed on camera to show the seriousness and magnitude of the situation and it's usually like the new york city manhattan area london along the water and the eiffel tower i will say the in moonfall the empire state building was now in the mountains because (laughs) It got it traveled via gravity. <laughs> that sounds amazing. So okay, <laughs> Amy, your movie's sounding better and better by the minute. The the only major landmark that they de- they destroyed in this one was the Burj Khalifa, as I say it. Yeah. Oh, but they didn't the, even destroy it. Oh, they just had like yes. the antenna on the top fall off while getting hit by a tidal <laughs> wave. So you're like, what is going? Like, come on, commit. <laughs> yeah, because they can build a good. Tower, apparently. Yeah. Anyway, that's all I had to say. Probably equally bad with Moonfall. Yeah. Missy, looks like you want to go. I can't get over the, <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> the building has shifted. It's so stupid. <laughs> At the very end, Holly Berry's like, they, she's like calling her kids and they were like, what do you mean you're at the Empire Building? What is it? The Empire? Wait, Empire State, State Building. Point? I was like, I knew something was Empire music. State Building. She's, they were like, what do you mean? You're at the Empire State Building. That's in New York. And then it's like this action shot of like them cresting the hill to see <laughs> to see the yes. towers like on the side. Yes. And they're in front of it. That sounds horrible. 
<laughs> Anyways. Okay, so Geostorm was worse. So before I go, <laughs> yep. uh, Mike, how would you sum up Geostorm? Because Amy seemed to sum hers up with basically interesting concept, yeah. poorly executed, what is happening? Like those were the notes that I put for her. So how would you sum yours up? Geostorm was a waste of a concept. Oh. It had all the stuff there to be a fantastic disaster movie because you can create storms or dis- like disperse them with satellites. So it could have been like a virus jumping from satellite to satellite and they have to chase after it. But instead, all it was was really like a more of who is trying to take over the satellites. And, you know, it's it's just it's it missed potential, I would say. Could have shown more distract or destruction. Instead, you showed a space station blowing up for 10 minutes straight. (laughs) (laughs) So I had deep impact which was like the movie twin of Armageddon as far as movie script concepts go. I will say Armageddon is one of my favorite disaster movies. And after having watched (laughs) Deep Impact, it is still (laughs) one of my favorites. Deep Impact did not make a deep impact on me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It It was pretty bad. It was the first third of the movie, I was utterly bored. I I went into this movie wanting to see a disaster film and it was a boring drama like i think along with what mike experienced they spent the entire movie focusing on all these little interpersonal relationships and forgot that they were supposed to be doing a a disaster film it almost felt like they cut away to let's talk about this disaster that might happen real quick let's give you a quick update okay things have changed here's the change now back to the drama and they actually did that through like news cutaways in the in the movie yeah it, it felt it felt like the disasters were interrupting the story oh exactly but the story itself there was no story these people's little interpersonal relationships there was actually there was no substance to them whatsoever they didn't give me any reason to really care about any of them it was mm-hmm. so boring the movie didn't even pick up any interest until the okay let me back up the first five minutes of the movie were interesting because that's when this little school trip is is like I guess it's an astronomy club, right? Like a high school astronomy club. They're looking up at the stars and one kid finds a star and he can't figure out what it is. So he asks his teacher. Teacher goes back to the observatory, starts researching it, finds this thing, does some calculations. Oh shit, it's going to hit Earth, right? So then the teacher is like gathering the data and racing along the California highway and crashes his car and dies with that data so you're thinking oh my gosh this is gonna be great first five minutes great then the next like 45 minutes an hour hour more it's just boring then finally they you know they've got this team going the space right and they're gonna go do something about it they're gonna blow it up with after drilling holes into the is a comet instead of an asteroid so it's distinctly different movie <laughs> They use robotic drills to get the nukes in instead of having men actually drilling into it. So distinctly different movies. Multiple little bombs instead of one big giant. You know, they, you could tell they were really trying to make them distinctly different movies, but it was the exact same damn concept. And then they blow it up and oh shit, it didn't work. And that's when the movie actually kind of got interesting. Like, yeah. oh, now what are they going to yeah. do? But don't worry, citizens. There's no reason to panic because we, the government, already know what we're going to do. And here's the plan. And I'm like, oh. kind of takes the tension. So there's out. no yeah. tension 
of, oh my gosh, what do we do now? There's no, you never actually see any plans being developed or executed. You never, except for that first five minutes, there's no scientists in the movie at all. The main character is a reporter who accidentally stumbles into this thing. She thinks she's chasing an affair like report instead of this big, great world ending situation. She doesn't even know what's actually going on, which felt really kind of, eh. They keep trying to do stuff and things keep not working, but you never actually, they tell you the plan instead of watching, allowing the audience to figure out the plan with the characters. So it's, it, it cheapened the experience. It wasn't fun. It was like, it was like they had script notes and instead of flushing out those notes, they just read the script notes and that became the script. <laughs> and it was, Guys, things well, are looking oh good for Moonfall. Yeah, it's actually, yeah. <laughs> one, one of the things that I noticed while watching Deep Impact like 10 days ago or something was pretty much that. They always had a plan. They always, it was always mm-hmm. in advance. There was no struggle and it was a lot of time. Yeah. Like when they first announced the, the yeah. comet was coming, they said it was like six months away. We've already got all this. It was like 10 some, yeah, months. We've got a it's 10 months time. away. Here's the plan. We got we've it. got all this stuff set up. And so you're like, okay, cool. And they're like, we also have a backup plan. And this is how we're going to do the backup plan. Oh, the backup plan didn't work. Okay. Here's how we're going to do the backup backup plan. And, yeah, exactly. and in that time, you know, they figured they did calculations and they said, well, when they blew up the comet, it got into two pieces. One of them was a smaller one yeah. that was going to hit first a couple hours ahead of time. And the thing that really annoyed me is they knew where it was going to hit. And then they were like, all right, everybody needs to leave. And then, you know, a week later, whatever it was, several hours, several days later, you see people yeah. trying to leave as opposed to getting out immediately. It just it felt really weird in terms of tension and struggle. It felt weird that they're making such a big deal of everyone needs to evacuate the area the first one's going to hit right away when two hours later, the next one was coming to destroy the entire world. Yeah. And I was like, why are you making such a big deal of evacuating? Like, that doesn't, that's dumb. And then the whole time you're like, okay, well, I guess this movie's going to be about the looting and the struggle to survive. But no, they had that plan covered too, right in the report from the White House. And America had to handle the entire world, right? This was America's problem to solve. It was very, very evident. You had one Russian dude on the team because he was the only guy that knew anything about nuclear weapons, apparently. Other than that, the entire situation was being solved by America, and there was no one else from like anywhere else. One one of the things I really hated about Deep Impact was the very, very end when the president is standing giving a speech, and it's not a normal speech. I think I said this last week. It is literally exposition mm. telling you, mm-hmm. two years ago, we had this happen, and we survived. And now, through all this, the tides resided, and we will get strong together. But it was, it was not a speech that a president would ever give. Yeah. Because he's telling everybody in the crowd what they already know. But realistically, it's to tell the- It's to tell the audience, oh, it's two years later, and life yeah. goes on. So- since we're spoiling things for everyone, the original crew that went up to nuke the the comet, they somehow got stranded in space and stayed there the whole time in their shuttle between when the mission happened and when the fragments were supposed to hit Earth. Like, And they're just still there and alive, floating around in space, which that didn't make any sense to me that that was not explained like how how are they still alive oh also by the way they had four backup nukes on the shuttle that's yeah. convenient so they they were able to have just enough propellant to right before the comet was going to strike earth 
the shuttle flies into the middle of one of these jets in the comet, and then they blow it up from the inside, and it obliterates, and yay, everybody survives that, that didn't get hit in the first fragment hitting I, Earth. I think that this movie, like Deep Impact, probably had some of the most disaster movie tropes that I have seen. Yeah, I have an entire list. I'm not even going to go through them. The only one I really want to discuss is the one it didn't have, Ooh, okay. which I found surprising and actually kind of set the movie up for failure. It didn't have a scientist making a warning but being ignored. If anything, the movie itself ignored the fact that scientists exist. Interesting. Aside from that first five minutes, no science in the movie. It was really <laughs> kind of obnoxious. It's not, it's, it's not for that there was no science film. in the movie. It's that everybody also just believed whatever, like, oh, okay, the asteroid yeah. is definitely going to impact. And everybody, everybody just went along with everything. Well, to me, science is about making calculations and pulling the pulling the research and trying to come up with like an analysis, you know, and I'm saying this poorly, but doing the actual scientific process, right? There was no scientific process in the movie except that first five minutes and he didn't get to, the dude dies before he can go say anything to anyone. So there wasn't any of that, the scientific process occurring in the movie, which made it really Boring. Yeah, it, it was so. primarily a drama about a reporter's relationship with her father, a young boy's love that he couldn't like. Yeah, this, okay. Once again, we were stuck watching a film with Frodo going on a journey and no one cared. The young boy was Elijah Wood. Like, the boy was, the oh, teenager was Elijah funny. Wood. They, they marry him to another teenager to save her life, which was kind of cringy. Like, it's supposed to be sweet, but it's a little, eh. And then they wind up with her little sister as, like, their baby in the end. So, like, baby gets, a child gets saved, but it's like, there's two teenagers and a baby now. Like, it just. It is, it is not a good movie. It's not. It was, you know what? Armageddon was great. You guys shouldn't have tried because you couldn't top it. How dare well, they you were, try? they were made at the same time. And one of them was supposed to be the heady intellectual version of something hitting Earth, which was Deep Impact. Uh, but it wasn't intellectual No, Armageddon had that disaster movie charm where at least it was entertaining. Yeah. There was more math and science in Armageddon than there was in Deep Impact. Yeah, most of it was junk in Armageddon. Yeah, but at least it was entertaining science and math. Like We even have scientists arguing with each other at one point about it. Based upon descriptions, we're assuming that so far Deep Impact is three. And then Geostorm, I forgot the name of it. I literally just watched it like three hours ago. <laughs> Geostorm is two. And right now, Moonfall is the best of the disaster movies. Yeah, which is like honestly surprising. I feel like that came out of left field. I was like, surely there, you guys are going to watch the better ones. What, what sure. about? Deep Impact for my little quip was an Armageddon poser that couldn't pull it off. Oh, mm. yeah. There we go, Missy. You got some good quips this time. What about another asteroid film? I wonder which one that could be. All right. Greenland was about, it was actually, it was very unique. I kind of liked it, though it did struggle a bit in the middle. I actually kind of liked it. Instead of it being about <laughs> the people who are trying to fix a problem, the people who know the problem way in advance. It's about the families. It's about a family that's trying to get to safety instead of like the top thing, you know? Are they, it's they about, just like an average family not involved with this? Yeah, they're oh. just an average family with oh, some like family problems. Yeah. That's cool. They do have like a little, they have like, they had like a bad marriage and the kid has diabetes, which comes up again. 
it's a pretty big problem. <laughs> and there's like those little mm-hmm. story plots that come up. They've been there. They're kind all of the, sci- the scientists were all wrong in this movie. <laughs> and by the way, there's <laughs> also uh, also. And then yeah. it, it counts down. There's nothing. Just nothing happens. And then what was also cool beforehand, you can tell something was going wrong because he went to the grocery store for the party. To, like get some drink it's scary and the, the sky is all orange and shit because of fire and so <laughs> there's and then the military was like medicine what and then by the way spoiler alert you're supposed to go to green also the military base got flooded by a bunch of random people and it exploded and shit that might be also a problem um so then I'm trying to go north because apparently there's some people in canada that is flying people to greenland that's how they figured out where they're supposed to flying go people to greenland there's like a bunker there or something. she almost ran over a couple times that would have been funny so then <laughs> They review. Like some racists that were after him because he's Scottish. Random asteroid, like little rocks, just hitting everywhere. It's like, and I was like, whoa. The father, uh, the mother's father, hates the father because I'm, I'm <laughs> in trouble now. Because the father cheated on the mother. Fast forward's really long. I, oh, by the way, the whole time I forgot another. <laughs> Another, another. Is, it, is it crucial to the understanding yes. of yes. this movie? Yes, it's uh, there's like, by, by the way, these bunkers, we didn't know if it could withstand the impact of this asteroid. It was just hope. But yeah, that's Greenland. It was actually not bad. I kind of liked it. <laughs> <laughs> not all that. So, Liam. Yes. In like two sentences, uh-huh. what was this movie about? Uh, it's about a family. <laughs> that was one sentence. You can put and, a comma. Going to bit. Greenland. Yeah. Because of an asteroid hitting. <laughs> so was... I'm going to put that in the podcast <laughs> and then that full length description is going to be for our <laughs> Patreon listeners. Oh, yeah, I really, that should be Thank fantastic. Because it's funny. Content. That is, it's great. Oh, it's 15 minutes. <laughs> It's 15 minutes. I love that. Well, like I it was an extended it. review of Green. Yeah. I loved it, it so fantastic. much. I loved it so much. <laughs> yeah. You're like following along and you're like, okay, I'm getting this. And then he hits you with the by the way. And you're like, I missed yeah. something integral. Like, wait, <laughs> yeah. I thought I was on Highway 80, but you're over there on Highway 70. What happened? <laughs> that was yeah, awesome. Was, Thank you, Liam. Uh, it was good. It was different, bro. Because it, was, it wasn't about saving the world it was about a family with problems and they're trying to overcome their own internal problems to save themselves and their child you know it was good family just trying to survive the end of yeah the world. exactly so it was with, a, with, with it being a disaster movie was it a whole bunch of different people or was it l- mostly focused on just this one family it was this one family and by the way it did have the same actor of your movie same exact uh, yeah, yeah, yeah 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 i had the yeah. same yeah, see, all one. these are linked either through writers <laughs> or people starring in them or things uh-huh. that happen but he he does a lot of disaster movies but yeah um i gotta i gotta pee because i was i've been waiting for sorry <laughs> is this something i said <laughs> it was 15 minutes worth of something you said <laughs> I, don't I think that you describing the first act, I, I as a listener, I was with you, was so with you. But as soon as you lost interest in the movie, your description also lost interest <laughs> in the movie. <laughs> because that first act, I was like, 
this sounds like a great movie. <laughs> yeah, no, it really did. So good. Oh, that like, first oh, act. Yeah, the third act was also no, not bad. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> the third act was not bad. It was just kind of there. Like it was good. It could have ended better. It was just kind of there. The second act just ruined my mood. I was like, bro, I don't give a fuck about this diabetic kid right now. Just like I want to see some asteroids. I want to get to Greenland. Oh, like I'm just saying. That was I have excellent. to say the kid didn't ruin it for me. I'll be real with you. Like most kids do ruin it for me, but these guys are smart. You should watch the movie. I kind of want to. Now that you said it, I legit like you. I would watch the movie just for the first act, legitimately. Yeah, honestly, legitimately, the first, the that, first act. The way is good you were describing it, it, it sounded like a masterpiece. You know, the first act is but the is second worthwhile. act. I was like, I don't know. I don't know. I told. I actually I watched Aaron watching the movie and didn't realize it was until you were talking about the bracelets and the boy having diabetes. <laughs> I, I watched that part where the other family like steals him. Yeah, and they're like, "He's ours! He's ours!" Yeah, and then he's like, "No, they're not mine." <laughs> <laughs> I told Emi. I said I was absolutely on board with everything Liam was saying about the first act. Like he, I was so interested, and then yeah. as soon as Liam started losing interest. His description started losing interest. <laughs> yeah. I, I yeah. can't summarize a movie. Like, if I summarize a movie too short, it's like... No, I don't... No, uh, it's okay. It's, a, it's fine. No, I think what you did was fine. I knew yeah. it was long, but the thing is, you actually gave us good content. <laughs> yeah, I think that's so, the most beautiful Patreon thing we could have possibly done. Yeah. Because people don't hear you talk that often, and now now they have a 15-minute, like, <laughs> ramble about the movie, which is awesome. <laughs> funny. The movie was way longer than I expected. I went into it thinking it would be like hour 20, hour 30, but it was like two hours. I was like, bro, what? And it was... It, it was isn't that like the standard movie length? No, nah, I, I thought disaster movies were shorter. Like but yeah. Also, the CGI, short. it wasn't about like... The CGI wasn't bad when it was there, but it was barely any because it was about a family instead of a bunch of destruction. Hmm. Though there was destruction riddled into it. See, that's what... Yeah, that's what interests me. You talking about the fact that there's... It was about a family. Did you feel like it had a bunch of the same tropes that your standard disaster movies do? Or was this a little bit more of a focused story that even though there was probably some of those tropes, it kind of stood above it? I think it was, it definitely had some of those tropes. There's definitely tropes in it, but it wasn't, it was definitely different than most. I would, I'm probably saying it's, it's definitely the best movie here. I don't know what Tommy watched, but it's probably the best movie out of all these. Is it the best movie because it's a good movie or is it the best disaster movie? Do you know what I mean by that? Because disaster movies are one thing. <laughs> They're shitty, but really fun. I don't know. I had some fun watching it. I was like, okay. I was like, oh, okay. bro. When I when that first asteroid hit and you see Florida just disappear, I was my jaw dropped. I was like, what? That was crazy. Like, okay. <laughs> but I mean, it was fun. I guess as of just a movie, it's definitely the best one here. But as a disaster movie, there's... If you're just looking for pure action, pure just crazy stuff happening, then there's you can definitely find better ones. Though, I don't know if you happen to your movies, but in my movie, my world ended, and you get to see an asteroid completely destroy it, so... <laughs> <laughs> that is pretty, pretty interesting. You're like, so... Amy did the moon end Earth? It did not. However, so the outer crust of the moon is like... 
essentially the spray paint to make it look <laughs> natural. And that all came off. So essentially it was this like metallic structure now in space with a ring of like moon dust around it, which I thought was pretty cool. And there's a lot of the world that got messed up because of all the gravitational pull stuff. But in general, they could still live normally. I mean, did it go back into place? Did they like fire some jets or something and a moon moved back into its orbit? No, the, well, the moon itself moved back because it is this like its own sentient being and it was only being pulled out of Oh, because of the rotation, because of the yeah, the bad AI. Of course, of yeah. course, that makes sense. Yeah. So yeah, it went back to its. So own. wait, Liam, you said the yeah, you said that the world ended, but it also had a one year later. So yeah. I guess like <laughs> people survived. Yeah, so it turns the world ended, right? But the bunkers turned out to be successful. Oh, okay. oh bunkers! By, by me, by bunkers. Apparently, at the very end, you hear radio calling. So there's bunkers across the world that people oh, were all saying. So I guess it was like a UN thing. I don't know if it was a UN or us that ran it because they don't tell you they don't explain the all that part it's focused about a family and you only get the information that they get did it did it have a it sounds like a movie that i'd like a lot because it tells it from a single perspective which means that it can be very confusing to the audience but also like slowly lets you in on the master plot yeah mm, okay kind cool. i mean i don't know it's it's definitely sounds it's nah, it it's sounds mixed. like it is currently number one on the list is greenland followed by moonfall <laughs> geostorm and Deep impact. And that's why I picked Greenland, because I didn't want to get a shit movie. <laughs> I knew it would be better. I have to say I was really disappointed okay. with Deep Impact because I'd always wanted to see it, just never got around to it. And was yeah. I was really Morgan Freeman should be the president in, in every, every movie. movie. He he is really he good just as be a the president. president, I think. That'd be pretty okay. Yeah, yeah. I could live with that. Look, we've we've had enough actors be president without that, knowing what oh, the hell they're mm, doing. So that's <laughs> let's, true. Let's not that's keep true. that going. <laughs> Two of the worst presidents we've had in modern times. Also, I'd like to say, just because it's a good movie, it's in a genre of very bad movies, which doesn't make it automatically a great movie overall in movies. It's just good in its own genre. Compared to an average movie, yeah. it doesn't hold up as well. Okay. Okay. That's a fair. I don't know. I was going that. Never mind. <laughs> Okay. Well, we got While it might movie. be at the top of its field, it doesn't mean its field is at the top of everything. Yeah, it's yeah. towards the bottom. So. so we got one movie left, which I think everybody but Liam has seen. No, I've seen it. Oh, everybody. It's San Andreas, seen it. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I saw it a while ago. I barely remember anything about it, like around when it came out with Amy, I think. I saw it yesterday because <laughs> Mike messaged me, hey, <laughs> you should see this movie before Tommy ruins it for you. <laughs> <laughs> the San Andreas. So it did is just all right that's How it it is dare you just all right uh, define define just all right like just all right <laughs> it is it's nothing like they did everything right as far as a disaster film goes I, it was uh <laughs> let, him, let him get to his description just, all, just right. all right <laughs> it is about a helicopter pilot a rescue pilot who C is trying to save his ex-wife and his daughter in the middle of a San Andreas fault going through a 9.6 earthquake. This movie had so much cheesy dialogue. And I think what really pisses me off about movies, I really like bad movies and I like good movies. But what they're when they're in the middle, oh, 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 oh that's like the worst. See, Moonfall sounded interesting to me because it was so bad. But San Andreas is like, it's like a movie that 
is trying to be its best possible movie and then i'm just like i'm pissed at everything the characters are doing they're so dumb and it makes me mad but that being said there were a lot of things that i did like about this movie first of all there was no government involvement at all i loved that yeah i don't i don't need the government in my movies because i already know they're gonna probably be bad except for greenland they had the beefy hero but they didn't really have the nerdy sidekick oh 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 they didn't make Paul Giamatti like crazy, which I really liked. He felt like a very uh, grounded, realistic scientist who legitimately wanted to help out the world. So he did it in the best possible means that he could. And I yeah. thought that was that was great for a scientist. Technically speaking, there is a line in there, and I believe it's like he wrote a book that a bunch of people bought, but everyone ignored. So technically, it, there was a scientist being ignored, but <gasps> it didn't happen. Right. It didn't happen in the movie itself. And I felt like that helped happened in a much more realistic way. But overall, once he did get his voice out there, everyone listened. There was a lot of tropes in this movie. There was one thing I hate, and I described it on the last podcast, and this happened five times, five times, was the cheesy CGI zoom in when it's blurry, and then it zooms in to a thing in front of you. And I was so mad each time, but I laughed really hard. <laughs> <laughs> I, it, this is truly a, di- a disaster movie, though, because, I mean, the destruction starts immediately and the scientist sidekick uh, sacrifices themselves to save a child. So that was I was like, "Woo, OK, we're we're starting it right off. I do like the building of like destruction, though. It starts off light and it just gets worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. And then there's a lot of good setups and payoffs. I like the one setup is when the architect in the movie, who's also the terrible new partner for the ex, is saying like, oh, he's he's a really good architect. All of his buildings are like the strongest and sturdiest. And that's the one they go to at the very end. <laughs> I like immediately you knew. And I thought it was it was stupid. But it, like, it's just it's just in that middle ground for me, like where I really want this movie to be really good. But then all the lines I hate. Okay, spoilers. Because there haven't been spoilers already? True, I know. Uh, Sorry, I don't... (laughs) The Rock goes to save his daughter, and for whatever reason, his daughter being in danger doesn't immediately give him all the strength to get her out of that situation, but watching her daughter, uh, watching his daughter die, then gives him the strength to do it, when all he had to do was push that crap out the way. I mean, you're the freaking Rock, come on, man. Like, that made me so mad. And then taking that did make me mad too. Taking a <laughs> boat, a boat back into like when all these buildings are falling, I'm like, oh my god! And then the man who got his leg stabbed, he's dead. He is dead. That went straight through. Like, did you see how deep it was when they pulled out the the mm-hmm. rebar? I think it was in his leg. Like he was walking around like it's nothing. He's walking around like his little Charlie horse in his leg. Oh my goodness. Okay, so first of all. Tommy's wrong. This is the best disaster movie I've ever seen. It's really good. <laughs> I loved it. Can somebody second that, please? Yeah, I just so said. Bad. Yeah. Okay. So um, bad. If we could take a vote, all in favor. Yeah. I. No, it is That's so three bad. to two. Uh, no. The eyes have it. It ain't good. Terrible. No, it's, it ain't good. It's great because I went in with the lowest expectations possible, mm-hmm. and it broke a lot of tropes. And it had a lot of them in there. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. 
But it also, it was a, like Liam was saying with Greenland, it focuses on a single family for the most of it. Mm. And it doesn't go into all these different side characters, yeah. which is what I usually have. 17 hate. different storylines to keep track of. Yeah. And I love the over-the-top ridiculous destruction. And yeah. that is what this movie delivers on. From start to finish, it is just nonstop destruction, action, great fun when you're looking at it. And if you go in with an expectation of it being bad now that we've said it's the best one that i've seen <laughs> but action. still it ju- it's, it's just an action yeah. adventure dwayne johnson is super charming he's great yes he is that so specifically for for both tommy and missy saying you know his daughter's drowning they actually do a decent job in the script of slowly revealing the backstory of why mm-hmm. the you know dwayne johnson was separated from his wife and or divorced, and mm-hmm. it was because he had a younger daughter that drowned in a whitewater rafting accident. And then, while his that daughter he is couldn't now, save her, yeah, he, he couldn't was save there. Her. He's a rescue ranger her. type guy, and yeah. Yeah, he couldn't save her. And this is the exact same thing. It was it was the same mm-hmm. scenario. It was like, okay, my daughter's drowning again, so he's panicked at mm-hmm. that moment and that's why he can't push those things away and then yeah. he was like he had to overcome that panic and knock the things down and then do the CPR and it was great it was such a classic I like how for most <laughs> like, the part we're like okay okay yeah, I could see I could see but then for this one yeah. with Tommy's opinion you're like you're wrong and here's why you're wrong <laughs> As you no, I, look, they- I, I don't think it's a great movie I think it's the best disaster movie I've seen it's also extremely entertaining. That's you, what your I mean. suspension of disbelief is just there right from the start. Yeah. Do I think that Outbreak it. is a better movie? Absolutely. Oh, Outbreak, but that's a biological disaster yeah. movie. Different. It, this just delivered on the thing. The number one problem I've always had is monster movies, disaster movies, whatever. They just mm-hmm. don't show it. That was my that was my biggest problem with Geostorm. Mm-hmm. Is I was like, you have a planet you can destroy. Please do that. Just destroy it. Yeah. Destroy a little bit. Just a little bit. So I can enjoy it. And San Andreas was like, do you want to see an earthquake for an hour and a half? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I do. Do you (laughs) want us to tell you how it's getting worse and worse and worse and also show you? Oh, well, that earthquake is done. Now we're going to have another one. Yeah. I I think on a side note, that's why I really like the day after tomorrow is because they show you the disasters throughout the entire Iron movie. Well, because you the, think the thing like, I don't uh, like about Day After Go. I was just gonna say, and you think the one disaster is over, and you're like, "Cool, we got through that." And they're like, "By the way, something else is coming." And you're like, "Oh crap! Yeah. Okay, okay, yeah. how are we gonna survive?" And then you have another thing after that, and it's just it's like building and ah! building. Yeah. What makes this movie slightly better than Day After Tomorrow for me is that again, it only focuses on pretty much one family, as That's opposed true. to Day After Tomorrow, which has all those small it's side got, like, relationships, three or four different. Yeah. And it's then got all extras the sudden, to the storyline that yeah you have to deal with wolves and it's like yeah. oh no we have to deal with wolves in the middle of this climate change disaster where San Andreas is like every yeah. building's falling <laughs> everyone yeah, exactly. there's literally there's a there's literally a shot where the camera is flying forward it's flying forward towards a building and then the building splits in half and it keeps going through it yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's uh, it gets yeah. a little ridiculous yeah, yeah it's, it's fun the rippling of the land was just unnerving but amazing. I loved those shots that actually was so cool. yeah. those shots where you could see the city move like a waterbed was terrifying mm-hmm. so i like that uh, there was i think there was a few tropes that i added so upping the stakes well, was one of them 
some type of hacking seat. Sorry, say, then, sorry. Wait, wait, wait. Mm-hmm. Can you go back? What did you say? Upping the stakes. Upping the stakes. Some type of hacking scene, and then an mm-hmm. attempt at an emotional moment broken up by a destruct, uh, destruction or an explosion. Because mm. that happened that like is... three, four times in that. Where they're like, Yeah, that's oh, almost a Marvel look, And I'm like, ah, <laughs> ah. Marvel movies where they're, they have mm-hmm. an actual moment where they go, Oh, yes, here's a connection. And then, like, a and character then, farts yeah. or something stupid, like, breaks <laughs> yeah. the tension. You're like, Why that. can't you just linger on that? Yeah. yeah. It's like they're uncomfortable with emotions. Yeah. Yeah. Or they tested it with people who were uncomfortable with emotions. Yeah. Exactly. Which is fine because this is a disaster movie. I mean, I would have expected this too because it's an earthquake movie, but there's a tremendous amount of shaky cam in this. Just there's mm-hmm. so but there is, they yeah. can get away exactly with it they can get away movie. with it so, yeah it's so also like earthquake. exactly so, yeah. so I'm like, ah, it's fine whatever something I found entertaining in its own way was the variety of ways that they had to get there to save their daughter yes you think they're they're going in the helicopter but then oh no the helicopter crashes so now they have this pickup truck four by four then they're running on that but oh they got stopped and now they're in the airplane and they can't land at the airport so they, they parachute down and then they're running through the city but they can't get there so now they're in a boat and it was like yeah it was almost <laughs> exhausting but it was also so entertaining yeah it's uh, i think that if we had to to rank this movie with at least from my opinion disaster movies this would be at the top of the list for all five mm-hmm. i bet greenland's a better movie it's just Bruh. sounds like it was a better movie but mm-hmm. There's something very special about going in and watching mindless <laughs> stuff that is focused. And I think this mm-hmm. one focuses its mindless entertainment a lot more yeah. than a lot of disaster movies do. They try to yeah. get you to care for it, but, you know. I'd, I'd have to agree. An interesting- I agree. Okay, cool. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, an interesting thing now that I know is that the director, Brad Payton, and Wayne Johnson also made another movie after this. Yep. And it's called Rampage. Star- and oh, isn't that Star- with the, the one gorilla? gorilla? Yeah, like the giant gorilla and the giant Sweet. lizard. It's based upon an arcade game. Yeah, oh. like it was in the 80s, yeah. Also, while looking at the IMDb for this, there's a listing for San Andreas 2. <gasps> yes. I wasn't going to say anything because it's just announced and I can't find anything official. But yeah. that would be exciting. It'll probably be terrible because I think it was a complete. <laughs> but if they yeah. do the same thing, if they if they can if they can pull off that ridiculous energy and, you know, just get put popcorn in my face vibe, then mm-hmm. I'll go watch it. Keep me on the edge of my seat with eyes bugging out, glued at the screen. That's all I wanted. And San Andreas delivered. So there, it did win two awards too, both for composing, which was interesting. Cause I didn't really pay attention to the composing very much. Okay, I I did wanted to say something about the music. In Deep Impact, the music that they have come on sounds like a family Christmas special, like that kind of music. It's very cheer cheery and cheesy and bright and it doesn't fit the tone at all on any level and they kept doing stuff like that throughout the music didn't work at all but the music the second the music came on on san andreas i was like this is what i wanted in deep impact and it just kept doing that throughout the movie it wasn't necessarily memorable but it was really really well paired to the scene it it absolutely worked perfectly for the movie but it just wasn't like iconic or memorable Yeah. yeah Yeah, I think that's that's pretty good. It, it, which is the strange part, too, for me at least, is that Deep Impact's composer was James Horner. Because I looked this up. 
because I hated the movie or the uh, music for Deep Impact. James Horner did Titanic and Mask of Zorro and Avatar and, you know, so many movies. He is a, a, a huge Hollywood composer. And Deep Impact was just totally directionless in terms of music for me. Mm. I don't know, like how the movie itself was directionless. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. So in a way, the music did pair with the story. Actually, and this is the funny part. (laughs) He did he did Titanic, which has a great score. Love the music. Then he did Deep Impact, and the next one was Mask of Zorro. Titanic and Mask of Zorro are are fantastic music for both of them. But in between, maybe it was just like a well, you know, here's some stuff. Sometimes you you got flops. You know, he did Apollo 13 and Braveheart (gasps) and Jumanji. Some of my favorite. Yeah, he's done a lot of disaster. He did a bunch of what was his Star Trek movies. Hold on, because I knew he did. Oh, he did Search for Spock. So mm-hmm. sorry, I'll stop. Oh, and Wrath of Khan. So yeah. okay, yeah, that was for- yeah, standard. standard. Anyway, I'll stop hmm. talking about James Horner. I, he's sorry. fantastic. Just Deep Impact just is like, that one didn't what? work. Yeah. Well, so overall, I think gonna- this is a good experience for all of us, yeah. and I really enjoyed doing this exercise with you guys. Yeah, I feel like we should do it again. I feel like we we might we, well we should definitely do it again, but maybe we should let our audience decide what kind of genre we should figure out the tropes for, and then have mm. them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, tell us what 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 do you guys want? What, what kind of crap? Audience, you want romance? Because I really please, please no rom I just I really please want to make, make me. Do I it. want them to watch it because I think it'd be funny. Please no, please, please for the love yes. of God, no, please no. I get to edit watch this. Titanic. <laughs> Doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, I'll watch Titanic. <laughs> you can't all watch Titanic. It's, like, it's got to be something we haven't Titanic seen. That's the point. Is an industrial I've disaster. I've never either. So, I, don't so, yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. It's a love story. <laughs> it's an industrial disaster story that is happening during a love story. Next time, we're going to have Liam not pick his own because he's just going to go to another <laughs> list of romance. The best one. And then see, that one has a 99% of Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> I think I'm going to pick that. Yeah, I, bro. I yeah. just wanted to enjoy a movie. No, no. You know what you did. This is your one free right. pass. We none <laughs> of us here to... enjoyed the movie we watched, <laughs> except for maybe Amy. Well, I don't <laughs> really know. Maybe, maybe Tom. Just all right. Kind of. It went, it went bad. It went great. It's just all right. You know. That, that's what I wrote down for your notes, Tommy. It's just, just all right. right. Well, I'm sorry that I'm trying to bring happiness right. happiness to my own life, and you guys are torturing yourselves watching. Look, I didn't, movies, like I, didn't know. I didn't know. And San Andreas was great. I didn't know. I'm sure the <laughs> audience wants to hear us suffer more than they want yes, to hear exactly. us feel like this movie was good. Although, <laughs> if it does true. mean for good content, I'd love to, you know, give them <laughs> yeah, more bro, good movies. Y'all cannot so rant for 20 minutes. watch another movie because I was just going to rant the whole time. I, yeah, I think, I think we should have a spinoff show called Liam Summarizes <laughs> and that it should just be like a TV episode or a movie or a game. <laughs> just fully, absolutely. It could also be yeah. like a battle in actual history. It's because like, here's what happened. I'm just doing it off the top of my head. Like I thought about some things to say, but then once but I started going, going, it was going. I just started going. I going. forgot about that immediately. I wanted to talk more about the end, like the third act. I had a few things to say, but it it's just kept be, on going. It's got to be like the <laughs> podcast name has to be something off of Cliff Notes, like something like Mountain Notes, because it's just so many. <laughs> <laughs> 
canyon note. Throw me off the cliff note. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Liam's new solo podcast. Okay. <laughs> I'm glad that we all enjoyed this experience. I thought it was a lot of fun experiencing something different and new and getting to hear your guys' <clears throat> reaction. So I think we're going to wrap things up there. Thank you for listening. What are some disaster movies that you have seen? Have you seen any of the ones? You should watch all of them and let us know how our scale compares to yours. And give us more disaster movies to watch because we would absolutely want to do that. And also let us know what the next genre of trope and movie watching experience you want us to watch and review. Hit us up. We are on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and Reddit at 1L2N Productions. Or you can reach us on our website at 1L2NProductions.com. And if you like these shenanigans, you want to help support us because we're all starving artists. We're not starving, but we would like the support. You can head on over to our Patreon. And the last word of the day is going to go to Mike. Take it away. San Andreas, best disaster movie I've only watched once. Go watch it because it's a terrible movie and go in with low expectations.